గణేశాయ నమ శ్రీ సరస్వతే నమ శ్రీ సద్గురుభ్యో నమ సమస్తనకళ్యాణే నిరతం కరుణామయం నమామి చిన్మయం దేవం సద్గురుం బ్రహ్మవిద్వరం మనోజవం మారుదతుల్యవేగం జితేంద్రియం బుద్ధిమతాం వరిష్టం వాదాత్మజం వానరయోతముఖ్యం శ్రీరామదూతం శిరసానమామి సంతోషిణీ జగన్మాత మమ సౌభాగ్యవృద్ధయే నమస్కరోమి భక్త్యాం ప్రసన్న వరదాభవ శంకరం శంకరాచార్యం కేశవం బాదరాయణం సూత్రభాష్యృదౌ వందే భగవందౌ పునః ఓం నమ ప్రణవాయ శుద్ధజ్ఞానైగమూర్తయ ప్రశాంతాయ విశ్వోత్పత్తినా శబ్దప్రమాణం ఎంప్లాయిడ్ ప్రాపర్లీ త్రూశ్రవణం మననం దిధ్యాసనం ఆఫ్ కోర్స్ విత్ ఏ హెల్ప్ ఆఫ్ ఏ గురు దెన్ ఇట్ ఈస్ కేపబుల్ ఆఫ్ ప్రొడ్యూసింగ్ జ్ఞానం వేదాంత ప్రమాణం జ్ఞానం జనయతి త్రూ వేదాంత ప్రమాణ వన్ కెన్ గెయిన్ దిస్ నాలెడ్జ్ నా అట్ దిస్ పాయింట్ ఫ్యూ టెక్నికల్ పాయింట్స్ వీ హ్యావ్ టు సీ వన్ ఆఫ్ ద డౌట్స్ in the scriptures it is mentioned that brahman cannot be revealed by words and there are statements in the upanishad yato vacho nivartante aprapya manasasaha from where the words come back along with mind without knowing that is brahman we have also seen in upanishad natatra chakshur gachati navagachati no mano navitno navijanimo these are all the statement in the upanishad that is eyes cannot reach that natatra gachati navak the words cannot reach the mind cannot reach the intellect cannot reach that is the nature of that brahman now <coughs> it is not only said by the scriptures but it can be proved by our reasoning also because it is said that words can reveal an object if that object fulfills certain conditions a word or a words can reveal any object only when an object fulfills certain condition this is called shabda pravrutti nimittani so means condition that an object has to fulfill if that object is to be revealed through words now there are five conditions if the words have to reveal an object there are five conditions first condition is called rudhi rudhi means pratyaksha vishayatvam being available for direct perception called rudhi if an object is available for direct perception 
then we can see the object not only i can see you also can see everybody can see so this a word can reveal this is a chair this is a table this is a watch these are all thing that everybody can see this is called root yartham <laughs> now <clears throat> another condition is jati a species suppose a tree now if you say there is a tree you have not seen the tree but tree being a tree you have seen it somewhere else the word tree reveals what a tree that which you even though you have not seen it but you understand it so a jati a particular species tree is a species the species or a cow or a, a human being animal so these are all species so you have seen it before and even though you are not seeing it right now but with the word you can communicate that this is species jati <clears throat> therefore if an object falls under species it can be revealed through words shabda sound third one is guna property so even if you don't know the object but it can be known through its property so you can say you bring that blue object so with that you can communicate <laughs> you know when we used to go to this uh, siddhavari dharmashala so we used to travel in uh, bus from pathan code i am talking about 30 years ago okay so from pathan code we used to take a bus and go to this dharmashala it's about 3 and 1/2 hours drive <coughs> so our box in you know, a suitcase we will keep it up straight on the top of the uh, bus and you reach the darbashala this coolies you know this porters they will go up the bus then we we'll ask saab which is your bag they will ask and he said this is blue that blue bag you give me then they will take the red one this <laughs> then they will take the black one and say this because they don't know the color <laughs> the color name they don't know <laughs> they know box that's all so sometimes if you know the color then you can tell them hey that blue object you bring the green object you bring so this way also you can communicate so it is property the blue blueness or the avatic uh, greenness it is a property of the object then what is rudi jati then uh, guna the fourth one is karma what does he do so in india is a called the driver you know you don't know him but if you say is a driver is that is his kriya that is his activity so with the activity with karma you can reveal that person through what he does then the fifth one is sambandha bandha means relationship like brother father so in law ityadi now brahman does not have any one of them rudi you cannot see him you cannot see brahman neither i can see nor you can see then what is the jati it doesn't belong to any species because it has no see it is only one so since it is only one it cannot be separated by comparing with other species if it is a species what happened there are so many species are there there are 84 lakh species are there according to shastra so here it is only one but brahman is infinite so we cannot have jati then property attributes also not possible then karma what does he do with <laughs> that also you can tell doesn't do anything then sambandha so unless uh, sambandha relationship 
So there is no relationship also possible with Brahman because Brahman is not a separate entity to have relationship. In order to have relationship, you have to have a separate identity from you. Now, then how you are going to teach Brahman? If this is the case, how are you going to teach Brahman using words? Now, this is the doubt. Now, Shankaracharya refers to this point in uh, the in his Bhashyap to Upanishad, many Upanishad, he refers to this point. Now, what is our answer? Even though words cannot reveal Brahman by a normal method, still words can reveal by ingeniously using or by special method. And the Upanishad manages to do so. That is why we say a guru is required to handle the words of Upanishad because the words of the Upanishad do not function in a normal way, but it functions in a very abnormal way. And the Upanishad used different technique for this. There are four methods Upanishad uses. Number one is, Upanishad can reveal Brahman by using apparent or unreal attributes. Even though Brahman has no real attributes, the Upanishad manages to reveal Brahman with the help of apparent attribute. Now, like example, you reveal the sky through the blue color of the sky which is not real attribute of the sky. So how do you understand sky? The color blue. This is not real. So Akasha does not have any real color, but it has a Mithya color, and therefore I can reveal Akasha with the Mithya color. So to blue color of water of the ocean. Ocean water does not have any color. I can reveal the sun by talking about the rising sun, setting sun. Even though sun do not rise or set. <clears throat> it is the earth that goes round in the opposite direction. Therefore, words can reveal Brahman with the help of apparent attributes. And in the case of Atma or Brahman, the apparent attribute we make use of is Sakshitva. So, Sakshitva means witness. He is a witness of your thoughts, your emotions, your feeling. So, witness attribute of consciousness is not the real attribute of consciousness. Consciousness, Paramatma, is not a witness. In the sense, if there is something to be seen, then only you are witness, right? What is he witnessing? That which is not there. How can that be a witness? So, finally, what is the truth? This world that he is witnessing is not real. So, something that is unreal, how can he be a witness? So, he is not an absolute witness, but through the statement called witness Sakshi, the Upanishad tried to reveal the nature of Brahman. <laughs> this is method one. Now the second method is, it is called the <clears throat> indirect method, Tatastha Lakshana. Tatastha Lakshana means suppose you go to a housing colony where all the houses are looking the same and you want to point out your friend's house. A 
And at that time a crow come and sit that on that house. Then you say, that house where the crow is, my friend's house. Now next day you go, the crow will not be there. <laughs> but it's called Tadastha Lakshana. Using a particular medium, you indicate something. <laughs> so this is uh, Tadastha Lakshana. In Upanishad it is used. Yato vacho nivartante aprapyamanasasaha. Oh no, sorry. Yato va imani bhutani jayante ena jatani jivanti aprapisham vishantiti. So, from where the entire creation has come, in whom the entire creation is existing, and to whom the whole creation is dissolving. Understand that experiment. It's called Tadastha Lakshana. Using the creation as a means to indicate the truth. Now, <coughs> of attribute is used for revealing the truth. Absence of attribute. Now it is something like when there are several glasses are there, in all the glasses some item or other is filled. But in one glass there is nothing. Now you say, please bring the empty glass. Now what do you mean by that? Emptiness, not a positive attribute of the glass. Emptiness reveals the absence of things. Even though emptiness is not an attribute of anything, which is capable of revealing a particular glass. So, the very absence of attribute becomes a revealing factor. It is peculiar. You know, what is that called? That bald man. You know, what is that? Absence of a hair. It is an absence of hair. It is not a positive attribute. Therefore, absence of attribute can reveal Brahman. So you see, Anantam Brahma. What is the meaning? Absence of limitation. Anantam Brahma. So no end. And that absence of limitation becomes a revealing factor for Brahman. Nirgunam, Nishkalam, Nirakaram, so all these are all absence of attribute. Nirguna means no guna, no attributes. Nishkalam, no, the, what you call impurities. So it is pure. Then Nirakaram, there is no form, formless. These are all the absence of attributes. So we have the third. One is apparent attribute, blue sky, incidental attribute, like crop, absence of attribute, empty glass. And the fourth way is without talking about Brahman and indirectly you reveal Brahman. So you talk without talking. How do you do that? <coughs> You are doing this always. Suppose there are two children. The mother says, the elder son is very intelligent and the younger feels bad, isn't it? Now what are you saying? Even though the mother has not said a word about the younger son, by saying the elder one is intelligent, you have indirectly said the younger one is not so. <laughs> this is also called Maunavyakhyanam. That's why in Narachanamutis Totra you say Maunavyakya Prakatita. You indirectly communicate. <clears throat> now after the class, you ask both of all of you go, you have come without a car. So you ask this person, where are you going? That's all you ask. The other person understands. Okay, I will give you a ride. <laughs> the, 
This is called indirect communication. Upanishad uses this method which is called neti neti. It does not positively talk about atma, but it negates an atma. When all objects are negated, what is left is the unnegatable atma. So in Mandukya there is an antapratnyam, nobhayapratnyam, napratnyanaganam, napratnyam, napratnyanaganam. These are all the negative, negation of what you see. The knower principle alone is that atma. By implication, the employing one or other method, the Upanishad successfully reveal you the knowledge of Brahman. Now, one more point we will see, then we will get into the Upanishad. Words can and will give the knowledge, but a knowledge is complete only when the knowledge becomes intimate knowledge, which is in the form of direct experience. Only when we have direct experience, then we have complete knowledge. This is what we generally see. A person describes the beauty of Gangotri and Badrinath. I can read volumes of books of Badrinath and Gangotri. I can even get a clear idea about these places. But we know that that knowledge is incomplete unless we directly experience those places. Therefore, we find normally knowledge has to culminate into experience, anubhava. Also, we find words are capable of giving knowledge only. Words are not capable of giving direct experience. However, Great your ability to describe. Some people have got a beautiful method of painting with words. The word painting. Yasa was famous for that. So even then, it may come and stand in front of, that object may come and stand in front of you as though, but still you cannot touch, you cannot (laughs) handle it physically. So, words are not capable of giving direct experience. And without direct experience, knowledge is incomplete. Now, this is the doubt, it is not (laughs) the (laughs) Vedantic theory. Naturally, the question comes, Vedanta is in the form of words, and hence Vedanta can give only knowledge, and the knowledge is incomplete, unless it is converted into direct experience. How can Vedantic knowledge be complete? Therefore, people talk about the incompleteness of the Vedantic study. And they talk about varieties of sadhanas to convert this knowledge into experience. They invariably say, Brahmatnyanam is different, and Brahma Anubhava is different. Atmatnyanam is different and Atma Anubhuti is different. And then how can attending these classes give Anubhava experience? So they can give only knowledge and knowledge is incomplete by itself without experience. You will see such question come in study group. Very, everybody will hit you with this. <coughs> now this is, they think that they are very intelligent people. <coughs> now, how can Vedanta give Brahma Anubhava? Therefore, introduce meditation sadhana for Anubhava. Now this is a question and what is the answer to this? We will have to clearly understand this, otherwise 
we will have problem understanding upanishad words now we say that vedantic teaching in the form of words can give only knowledge because words can give only knowledge we admit that that is true that also we admit it cannot give anubhava experience that also we accept but what we say is vedanta does not give anubhava and vedanta does not want to give any anubhava at all anubhava means experience vedanta does not give and want to give any anubhava because according to vedanta we don't require any new experience no new experience at all because our problem is not lack of any experience our problem is lack of knowledge we should remember all our experiences of ourselves can be classified into two types one is dvaita anubhavam another is advaita anubhavam all possible experience can be categorized into these two dvaitam and advaitam and according to vedanta all of us have gone through both dvaita and advaita anubhavams no human being lacks dvaita anubhava dvaita anubhava means waking world it is dvaita anubhava i am different you are different god is different i am different this duality is called dvaitam we have this experience and no human being lacks advaita anubhava also everyone has gone through both the anubhavas how do you say this in the waking and dream state of experiences we have always gone through dvaita anubhava dream also we see dvaita <coughs> in jagrat avastha my experience is subject object duality and this experience called savikalpa anubhava an experience in which there is division of subject and object in the dvaita anubhava not only i experience division i experience myself as an individual i am in this time and space separate individual separate from others therefore i am a limited i an individualized i limited i experience and this is called dvaita anubhava and we have gone through another experience called deep sleep experience in this experience i never have subject object division therefore in deep sleep state we have no savikalpa anubhava but nirvikalpaka anubhava without any vikalpa means division an experience in which subject object duality is not there here i am not an individual entity there is no individuality in deep sleep state in fact all individuality disappears whether you are a royal king or a beggar there is no beggarly sleep or a royal sleep <laughs> one slept both are one and the same they forget their identity waking i can say i am in this place and that place but in deep sleep i cannot locate myself naturally i don't experience any limitation also unlimited undivided i experience during sushupti avastha this is called advaita anubhava experience of non dual state everyone has gone through this 
Dvaita Anubhava, I have gone through in Jagrat and Sopna. Advaita Anubhava, I have gone through in deep sleep. Other than Dvaita and Advaita Anubhava, there are no third Anubhava possible. You cannot say another Advaita Anubhava. It is not possible. can be only one. Dvaita Anubhava can be many. Therefore, Vedanta does not want to give you any new experience at all. Because all the possible experiences we have gone through in avasthatraya, waking, dream and deep sleep. Then what is our problem? According to Vedanta, our problem is not lack of Advaita Anubhava. Our problem is in Dvaita Anubhava, I experience myself as a limited I. In Advaita Anubhava, I experience myself as limitless I. So, I experience limited I. Also, I have experienced limitless I. But our problem is, which one is our real nature? Limited I or limitless I? This is our problem. You cannot say both are my nature because both are diagonally opposite in nature. Therefore, one eye cannot be at one time limited and another time limitless. And therefore, only possibility is that one of them is my real nature. And the other must be my incidental nature. One must be Swabhavika Dharma and other is Agantuka Karma. Either I must be really limitless but incidentally appearing as though limited. <coughs> Now, unfortunately, before the study of Vedanta, we have always concluded in the wrong way. The limited I is my real nature. Limitless I is an incidental nature. Limitless I is temporary. Limited I is permanent. So, our problem is not lack of experience, but our problem is wrong conclusion based on the available experience. The aim of Vedanta is not to present you with another experience, but only to question our conclusion and rectify our conclusion. What is a rectified conclusion? I am the limitless one, which is my real nature. The limited human experience I go through is only incidental. Therefore, you are a spiritual being having a temporary human experience. Not the other way around. A human being wants to experience spiritual, what is that? Spiritual experience. So, I am a human being and therefore I am looking for spiritual experience. Whereas the teaching is what? You are a spiritual being with an incidental feature which is temporary. This Vedanta does not give a new experience. Vedanta does not want to the student to expect a new experience. That's why in meditation we all expect something to happen. Nothing will happen, I tell you. If you are waiting for something to happen, you will be disappointed. <coughs> But 
at some school of thought they will tell you you will hear some sound sound anahat sound you will get some smell fragrance you will taste something that is amrut all that kind of thing they say any experience that you go through is not brahman it is all at the level of mind <coughs> therefore vedanta gives knowledge and that knowledge is enough for liberation because our problem is lack of knowledge not lack of experience that knowledge vedanta can happily give this is what the upanishad does okay now the meaning of upanishad <coughs> upa means a knowledge which has to be gathered by approach, approaching a guru guru upasadena praptavya vidya a knowledge which cannot be gathered by self study nor by self meditation people talk about meditation and gaining knowledge through intuition we don't believe in intuition but intuition regular systematic teaching therefore upa indicate guru upasadanam going near a guru and ni indicate nischayat jnanam firm knowledge means one has to continue this learning until the knowledge become firm free from doubt and error samshaya viparreya rahitam nischayat jnanam nischayat jnanam referred to here as ni so upa plus ni means that clear knowledge gathered from a guru by approaching him so upani means clear self knowledge and the word shat means a carrier a vehicle <clears throat> there are other meaning also visharanam avasadanam gati the one who destroys and put an end to mean the one who destroys your ignorance and put an end to your suffering in samsara but there are one more mean there is a there is a another meaning for shat sadhayati prapayati that which carries the seeker up to brahman and help the jiva merge into parmatma <coughs> so upanishad is like a marriage broker <laughs> help the boy and girl come together same way this upanishad teaching is such that help the jiva and paramatma come together brahma sadayati gamayati iti sat shankaracharya says therefore upanishad means that knowledge which is gained from a guru and it takes the jivatma to paramatma <coughs> but we should remember that jivatma is taken to paramatma we should not think that paramatma is sitting somewhere and jivatma is sitting here and through courier service jivatma is delivered to paramatma here merger is the removal of notion that i am different from paramatma merger here means veda buddhi nashah eva this veda buddhi i am different from paramatma this thought is the one to be removed destruction of this thought that i am different from paramatma therefore it is also known by the word upanishad and at the end of four vedas these upanishads are found in the form of a dialogue between the teacher and the taught it is said there were thousands of upanishads were there now we have only there is one uh, upanishad talks about mukti ko upanishad 
Mukti Gopanishad is a dialogue between Ramachandraji and Anjaneya. And in that Mukti Gopanishad we get a lot of information about all the Upanishads. So how they were thousand and odd Upanishads, thousand one hundred and eighty Upanishads originally and now we have only 108 Upanishad popular and out of that 108 how many are from Rig Veda, how many are from Sama Veda, how many are Hizur Veda, how many are from Madharvana Veda, all those lists are there. <coughs> and among this 108, 10 Upanishads are famous called the Shobanishad. They are considered major Upanishad because commentary is available by Shankaracharya. Not only that, these ten Upanishads are referred or analyzed in the Brahma Sutra. Brahma Sutra analyzes these main ten Upanishads. Therefore, Shankaracharya wrote commentary for that. <coughs> Now the Kaivalya Upanishad that we are going to take is not among the ten Upanishads. <laughs> this is the eleventh Upanishad, which Shankaracharya has not written commentary. But uh, <clears throat> another Acharya has written commentary for it. So this belongs to Atharvana Veda. All Atharvana Veda Upanishads have got a common Shanti Pada. Mundaka belong to Atharvana Veda. Mandukya belongs to Atharvana Veda. So to this Kaivalya Upanishad. So let us go through the Om Bhadram Karne Vishnu Yama Deva Om Bhadram Karne Vishnu Yama Deva Bhadram Pashe Marcha Vishema Deva Hitam Yadayu Sustina Indro Vridhashavaha Sustina Pusha Vishaveda Sustinastarchu Arishtani Mihim Sustino Brehas Padel the Datu Padha means both teacher and the student should chant this together. Pathanam kartavyam. So this reading or chanting is a must <coughs> for both. Now in this invocation, Essence of this Shantipada is seeker is asking for three boons from the Lord. One is Ayushya. May I live long so that we can complete our studies or serve the Lord. They are not asking long life for enjoyment, pleasures. They are asking long life to study and understand the truth so that 
they can serve better. Then, Vishema Devahitam Yadayu, whatever the lifespan that is allotted to us, may we live. Then, suppose one has long life, but he is always in the hospital. <coughs> then also he cannot be useful. Not only I should live long, but I should have good health. Stirei angai. They should be healthy enough to hear the talk. Then, Padram karne vishrunayama devaha. Padram vashyema. May we hear auspicious things. May we see only auspicious things. Hearing our mind become what we hear. So all kinds of prejudices, jealousy, all because of inauspicious hearing. Seeing also, what is worth seeing is the truth, nothing else. Upanishad doesn't say don't hear, don't see. But they say we see only auspicious things. We hear only auspicious things. Now when you say hear only auspicious means what? First thing that we should start with that. Because when you say something inauspicious, who hear that first? You. So therefore it has to start from us. Then, <clears throat> intellectual health must be there so that I can pursue Shavana Manana Nidityasana. Then, Nirviknaddham, freedom from obstacle, Sustina Indro Vrtashravaha, Sustina Pusha Vishwavedaha, Veda Indra, Pushana, the sun, all knowing, Vayu, saves from all harm and Brihaspati who protects spiritual wealth all bless us. So prayer to various devatas for Vignanivrti during Vedanta Shravanam. Then Trivita Shanti 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 So <coughs> That Shanti, I think you all know about it. Shanti means, so, whenever you start doing something good, there will always obstacles. Uh, suppose, obstacle from the hands of God, like lightning, thunder, earthquake, etc. This we have no control. So, may there be Shanti there. Then comes the um, obstacle from surroundings where we have some control but we don't have complete control. Then comes the obstacle from within yourself. So Adi Devikam, Adi Bhautikam, Adhyatmikam. Shanti, three Shantis are invoked. At least for the time we study the Upanishad, there should not be any obstacle. Now with that, the Upanishad start. This part is a prose order. Atha Ashwalayano Bhagavantam Parameshtinam Upasamitya Vacha Now, Atha is used here. Atha means thereafter, then. So, thereafter or then we use only when after having done something. After having taken a cup of coffee, and then he started teaching. <laughs> so Atha. Atha indicates some previous action. 
Now in Brahma Sutra also Athato Brahma Jitnyasa. There also Artha Shabda is used. Shankaracharya writes pages of commentary for that. What is this Artha means? So here it means having gained the basic qualification. Every student before he enter into a particular branch of knowledge, he is expected to have certain qualification. The same way, Vedantic student also should have certain qualification. That is, what is that? Viveka Vairagya Samadamadi Shakasambhati Mutruttam Tattubhada. So the fourfold qualification. So the one who has gained that fourfold qualification, Atha Ashwalayanaha. The student here is Ashwalayana. Ashwalayana was a great teacher. He himself has contributed so many mantras, Ijurveda mantras. He was himself is a great seer. And Bhagavantam Parameshtinam Upasamethya. He approached. Upasamethya means approached, going near. And who Bhagavantam, Lord, Parameshtinam means creator. Brahmaji himself is the teacher here. So even though Ashulayana was such a great scholar, one who is endowed with all qualification, but he still approached a teacher to learn Brahma Vidya. So that is very important to note. So, <clears throat> Bhagavandam, the word Shabda, shows that the respect for the Guru. Parameshti means, Ishti means Yaga. The one who can attain through Yaga or Ishti, Yetnya, highest position. What is that? Brahma Loka Prapti or the, sta- the position of Brahmaji. Upasamethya Vacha. So having approached him properly. How to approach a teacher, etc. is given in Munda Gopanishad. Not that saying, hi. <laughs> Nowadays everything is high only. Our Gurudev used to say that, you know, in India we use the word high only for driving away buffaloes and cows. Same term is used here also, high. Anyway, that's okay. But how to approach Parichalogan, Karmachidan, Narvedamayat, Brahmana, Nastyakrdakdena, Tatvityanartham, Gurumeva, Vigacheshutriyam, Brahmanistam, Samitpani. So the Guru should be approached with Samitpani means readiness to serve him. And that you should not have this ego that, let me see how much this teacher knows. That attitude, one should not go and approach a guru to test his knowledge. <laughs> then you will not learn anything from him. So, here, after having approached the teacher, now this Upanishad is also called Kaivalya Upanishad. Kaivalya means Kevala Bhavaha. Kevalasya Bhavaha. That alone is there. Means truth alone is there. So Kevalam means infinite. That one thing alone means what? One thing is only infinite truth. So Kaivalyam Upanishad. This particular Upanishad name because the end of the Upanishad Kaivalyam Padam Ashnute. That word is used. The one who study this he will attain Mukti. Alam is given. So therefore, we say it is Kaivalya Upanishad. Because sometimes the Upanishad 
here at least there is a teacher and the taught name is given one is ashvalayana another is brahmaji certain upanishad the teacher and the taught name is not given neither of them were interested in writing down their name kena upanishad we don't know who is the teacher who is the student but the upanishad starts with the question kena so they named it kena upanishad in prashna upanishad of course there are six students and the teacher name is there but since it is dealing with question so they call it as prashna upanishad so here kaivalya upanishad now ashulayana what does he say it shows his very question itself shows that he has thought about it well and he is not a person raw he is exposed to this learning and he appreciates its validity greatness etc so he says adihi bhagavan ब्रह्म विद्यां वरिष्ठां ब्रह्म विद्यां वरिष्ठां सदा सद्भिहि सदा सद्भिहि सेव्यमानां निगूढां सेव्यमानां निगूढां यथा चिरात यथा चिरात सर्वपापं विपोह्य सर्वपापं विपोह्य परात्परं परात्परं पुरुषं व्याति विद्वान् पुरुषं व्याति विद्वान् अधीहि भगवन् अगेन ही इज एड्रेसिंग हिज टीचर लॉर्ड भगवन् अधीहि अधीहि वन मीनिंग इज टीच मी वन सिंपल मीनिंग इज टीच मी बट अनदर मीनिंग इज remember loudly <laughs> so recollect the teaching and remember it loudly means say it so why because one cannot teach somebody in our system of teaching it is given unless the student asks for it don't give unless you know just because you are inspired you you have heard vedanta you got inspired and you look for a culprit and then caught hold of that person and fire off don't do that if that is a case you see bhagwan krishna was with arjuna so many years they lived together they grew up together he never taught geeta at that time in the in the jungle in a forest they were there 12 years bhagwan used to visit them many time at that time arjuna sit down i'll tell you this he could have said <laughs> no arjuna was not ready for it <laughs> and in fact bhagwan told him to acquire that missile this missile you go to heaven meet your father get from him all the divine weapons then you propitiate lord shiva get from him this all material prosperity only he taught why his mind was there then when he was ready in the battlefield when he thought that nothing is important than this so shishyaste ham shadimam tam prabannam consider me as your disciple then teach me only then bhagwan decided to teach so also here unless the student want is why adhihi is very important the student want the teacher to teach him and again somebody said you cannot teach anyone somebody can learn from you <laughs> nobody can teach people may learn from you 
That is their greatness. Don't have this ego that I am going to teach, I am going to deliver a lecture, speech. That kind of ego, if you have, then you cannot teach. So it is reflecting upon what you have learned. Remember what you, this adhihi means remember what you have learned and think loudly. Adhihi, all these meanings are there. Brahma Vidyam, that Brahma Vidya why because Sarva Vidyam Varishtam Varishtam means superlative, the greatest. See what is the factor in which the whole knowledge is rooted? All our knowledge that we gain is rooted where? Our intellect, isn't it? If intellect is there, no, is not there, no knowledge is possible, right? Now, your intellect, now the very foundation of that intellect is what? Consciousness. Now, knowing that is considered the greatest knowledge. We come to know everything else except that. So, this word Brahmavidyam Varishtam. It is the superior knowledge. Now, how do you know this? Sada sadbihi sevyamanam nigudam. Now it's time. How do you know this? Good people always sought this knowledge. Sada sadbihi sevyamanam. All good people sought this knowledge. So everybody. All good people are seeking this knowledge, mean it must be good. That is the idea. <laughs> Niguda. Okay, everybody is seeking that. Why don't you also seek yourself? No, it is Nikudam. They are secret. Unless someone reveals to you, you don't get it. That's why this um, Brahma Vidya is such that you can talk publicly. Olden time there was a orthodoxy that it should not be taught publicly. Our Gurudev used to say, you teach publicly it because only those people who are deserving, they will get it. <laughs> people who do not deserve, even they hear, they will not get it. So, Nigudam, it is said, because unless that person is ready, <clears throat> even if you are a scholar, there is no guarantee you will get it. <laughs> because unless you have the right attitude and the right frame of mind, this subtlety of this knowledge will not be revealed to you. Yayajira sarvabhavam vebohya parātparam purusham yadivitvān Now, desiring which all great people Giving up Sarva Papam So Sarva Papam means all sins, means Vasanas. Vepokhya means discarding, removing. Paratparam Purusham Vyadi Vidwan, Vidwan, wise people, reaches that Purusham Purnam complete. 
పరాత్పరం బియాండ్ పరా అపర పరాత్పరం పరాత్ పరం వన్ మీనింగ్ ఆఫ్ పరా ఈస్ మాయా మాయాస్ బియాండ్ మాయా పరాత్పరం దాట్ పురుష హూ ఈస్ బియాండ్ మాయా కాల్ పరాత్పరం so all wise people giving up their vices <laughs> finally attain what that which is beyond maya that brahman that brahma vidya i want to gain therefore teach me this is the question of a student okay the answer we will see next పూర్ణమద పూర్ణమిద పూర్ణాత్పూర్ణముదే పూర్ణ Ah, eight, three.